I bet some of you picked up the handout and thought, why is he preaching a New Year's sermon on Father's Day? This is not Father time, this is Father time. It is Father's Day and we want to talk to fathers a little bit. I got to thinking probably when I was a younger preacher, I probably preached to fathers a lot. Ephesians 6, 4 says, fathers, don't provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. So I probably spent a lot of time telling fathers how to do that. Uh, Now that I'm older, I probably preach less and suggest more to fathers or do a little more coaching. And that's kind of what I want to do today is coach the fathers that are here, uh, the ones that are interested in doing a better job of bringing up their children. If you sat down with me on my deck and said, how do you bring them up? How do you be a good father? I don't have all the answers, but I could give you some suggestions. And that's kind of what I want to do today is just give you some of those suggestions. The first thing I would tell a young father is I tell them how important they are. Uh, fathers are extremely important. This country has a crisis. Well, this country has a lot of crises right now. Uh, there are lots of things that we know are broken some way, and there's no one answer for fixing all the things that are broken. But one large component of some of our problems is the breakdown of the family. The overwhelming fact of fatherlessness. And I know that's hard to say. Uh, I could spend the next hour showing you statistics, showing you proof that when the population is studied, the absence of fathers has a great effect, a bad effect. Uh, Any bad outcome you can think of, criminality, prison, High school dropouts, drug use, teen pregnancy, poverty, mental health, anything that you can think of that's not good, in a fatherless home, the percentages are way, way higher. Now, if I took the time to show you all those numbers and spent a lot of time talking about that, I'm sure that somebody would immediately come up afterwards and accuse me of attacking single mothers. I am not. Single mothers often do an amazing job. It's an amazing job because they're doing double duty. It's a two-person job. It's the way God designed it. Uh, Doing double duty at anything is hard. I know it can be done successfully, but it can't be done easily. Uh, It requires help often, Uh, relatives, mentors, prayer pals. uh, With others, it can be done, but it's not easy. Uh, God's design is always the best. He designed the family with a mother and a father. I'd probably also be told, if I spent much time on that, that, well, 
a lot of fathers don't help even though they're there. And I would agree with that. Uh, Being physically present is one thing. But physical presence isn't all that's required. There's involvement, there's emotional presence, there's spiritual presence. A father can be present in a home and be absent. And that leads to the same problems as an absent father often. Uh, Perhaps a better term than fatherlessness would be unfathered children. Unfathered children have the odds stacked against them. But I don't say that to condemn anyone. I say that to enforce on fathers thinking that they're very important. Present fathers who want to do the best job they can are the people that I'm talking to this morning. So here's the things, other things I'd tell you. First of all, uh, overall, the next three things actually, <coughs> I'd <coughs> talk about the importance not just of a father, but especially of a father's time. Time is important, point one. Uh, Things are different these days. Deuteronomy 6 is a classic uh, passage about parenting. And when Moses gave the commandments, God told the people, he said, "Uh, write these commandments that I've given you on your hearts. Uh, Get them inside of you. And then get them inside your children. Talk about them wherever you are, sitting at home or walking in the street. Talk about them from the time you get up in the morning to when you fall into bed at night. And back then in a agrarian society, children, especially sons, spent a lot more time with dads uh, from morning to night. And so this verse makes a lot more sense under that kind of society, today we're not that connected. Uh, we're separated a lot. But that doesn't mean it's impossible. It just means it's more important to think about it. Time with your children is important. I read a writing from a Christian attorney one time who wrote this. He said, the greatest gift my God, my dad ever gave me was when I was a little boy was he gave me a little box. It was a little box with a note in it that said, Son, this year I will give you 365 hours. One hour every day after supper. It's all yours. We'll talk about what you want to talk about. We'll go where you want to go. We'll play what you want to play. It will be your hour. He said, My dad not only kept that promise, but every year he renewed it. It's the greatest gift I ever had in my life. And I am the Christian man I am today because of my dad. Another gentleman, Jonathan Edwards, a famous preacher back in the 1700s. He was a preacher, a writer, president of Princeton College. His daily routine, oh, by the way, he had 11 children. Three sons and eight daughters. He and his wife had 11 His daily routine was to spend 13 hours in his study doing all the things that he needed to do 
and then one hour with all of his children. That was his daily plan. Now, I'm not advocating that dad gives stopwatch <laughs> and after dinner say, all right, go, we got 60 minutes. Uh, you want to try that? Fine, but that's not what I'm advocating. What I'm advocating is a father's commitment to investing time with kids. Uh, some of you know that for quite a few years I taught some fathering seminars to different groups and talked about how to be a good father. And one of the things I did as an exercise in there is I had the men in the class write down one great thing my father did with me. And after the first five or six seminars I did, I didn't need to take up the, the papers. I, I knew what was going to be on them. I knew that there would never be on those papers a big trip, a big dollar expenditure, a big gift. Always what men wrote were simple things that involved time. He let me watch him work on the car. He took me fishing. He played catch in the yard. Always very, very simple things. That was the one great thing they remembered. Time is important. I've said it a hundred times probably from this pulpit. Kids spell love, T-I-M-E. So, time is important. Second point, some time is more important. Uh, I I chose the verse from Esther because Mordecai told Esther uh, that she didn't want to do what she had to do. And he said, you ever think maybe that, that you've come to the kingdom for such a time as this? Now, your life is important, yes, but this time is more important. And I would tell fathers that, yes, time is important and commit to time with your children, but there are some times that are more important. And I'm not talking about quality time. Uh, that was a fad for a while. We talked about quality time. It was back in the 80s, I think, when we had decided that divorce was kind of okay and kids would be okay. They'd get over it and everything was all right. And the, the mantra was that uh, it doesn't matter how much time you spend with kids, as long as it's quality time. Okay? Well, after a couple of decades, the psychologist figured out uh, that doesn't work. Uh, the trick is you can't schedule quality time. You can't say, okay, we're going to spend an hour on Saturday. It's going to be quality time. Uh, Quality time happens in the middle of quantity time. So uh, that's not what I'm talking about, about quality time. Uh, What I am saying, there, there are some time that are more important than other times. As an illustration, I will say this, and some of you might not like it, but A weekend at the ball field is not as important as a weekend at a father-son church campout. There are lessons to be learned at the ball field. 
But there are great lessons to be learned at something like a church father-son campout. By the way, if you don't know, there is a father-son campout this weekend. Friday and Saturday, see Cole Douglas, he'll tell you all about it uh, and help you get signed up for that. I'm reminded one time we lived across the street from a Mormon family. And I don't agree with Mormon doctrine, but I do agree with the fact that they've figured out how to do family pretty well. And this family had a lot of kids. But about, I think it was once a month on Friday, I would see the father out and he would be packing the van with all kinds of tents and camping equipment. And I could tell who was going by who was helping him because one month it would be his girls and the next month it would be his boys. And they would be gone for the weekend. Uh, They did a lot of things, I'm sure. But I'm sure that weekend was pretty special. Sometimes are more important. Now, since I mentioned sports, let me just slide off on a side road. I didn't know if I'd do this or not, but I think I've got time and maybe we'll live through it. Sports are one of the toughest calls that dads have got to make these days. Um, Youth sports has become a billions of dollars industry. Uh, it is the thing to do. And if a kid's got athletic ability, well, they got to play. And they don't just got to play. They got to play in the best league, on the best team. Uh, and in this society, they get lost if they don't. Now, I raised two boys before all this happened. When I raised my boys, you played different sports at different times. In the fall, you played football or cross country. In the winter, you played basketball or wrestled. In spring, you ran track or played baseball. And in the summer, you maybe played a little league, little league or swim team or, or something, but not today. Today, you've got to be all in and play year-round if you're going to make it. And I'm not talking about make it to the big leagues. I'm talking about just make it in like high school. So uh, I'm (laughs) empathizing, I guess, with dads today. Uh, I don't know what the right call is. I don't know how I'd do it today. It's got to be one of the toughest decisions to set the priorities on that because of the culture that we're in. And don't get me wrong, sports, especially team sports, are very important. Kids learn a lot of lessons in sports. When I was hiring people, uh, I tended to prefer somebody that had been an athlete. And even more than just an athlete, somebody that had played a team sport. Because you learn how to get along with people. The only thing better than a team athlete was if I could find a farm kid. I'd been raised in 4-H. Then I knew I had a worker. 
But there's a lot of good lessons to be learned in sports. But youth sports are 10 to 20% of a person's life. There's a lot of life left after youth sports. And while I'm on this rant, let me just say that I know lots of dads think that the kids are going to play in the NBA or the major leagues or the NFL. As kindly as I can say it, you're delusional. <laughs> yeah, it, it's not going to happen. It'll happen every once in a while, but so rarely that it's not worth thinking about hardly. Now, I know I'll get in trouble for this. I said that many years ago, and I got in trouble. Grandfather came up after church, and he said, you shouldn't preach like that. He said, you, you kill dreams said, my grandson dreams about playing in the big league, and, and I think he's got the talent to do it. I was right. <laughs> okay. uh, it, it may happen, but it's not <laughs> worth <laughs> the things that sometimes have to be sacrificed for that. Occasionally you get a kid that's that good, then you've got to make the decision. But let me get back on track here. I'm not talking about sports today. Uh, Sometimes is more important than others. In a game, in sports, there comes sometimes crunch time. You people that watch sports or play it know what that means. There's a time when somebody has got to make the shot. Somebody has got to make the play. Somebody's got to step up and do it. And there are crunch times in fathering. And that's what I'm talking about here with sometimes are, are more important. True story. There was a man who was a preacher. And he was the most famous preacher in his denomination. Uh, he was wanted everywhere. He had speaking engagements booked for four years. Everybody in his denomination wanted him to come preach at their church. Uh, it took some time away from his family, but he and his wife had worked out a plan where he went on the road for two weeks and then came home for two weeks. Seemed to be working pretty good. Their son was a teenager. He was doing well in school. Uh, he was a good athlete. Everything seemed to be going fine. On one of his trips preaching, the phone rang. It was a very short call from his wife, and his wife had just had the latest in a battle of arguments with her 16-year-old son. She had asked him to do something, and he had point-blank told her he wasn't going to do it. And she told her husband that this boy is wearing me down. His strong will is starting to take its toll. So I called you and she simply said, I need you. This gentleman canceled the rest of his meetings for those two weeks, drove home immediately. He told her that on the phone, that he'd be coming. What they didn't know was that the son was in the other room listening. And he knew he had been pushing his limits. And he was kind of curious about what dad was going to do about this. 
Well, he soon found out. Uh, When dad got home, within a couple of days, there was a for sale sign in the yard. The dad canceled four years of engagements. Sold the house, found a job in a small town, pastoring a small church, moved the family, and until his son got out of high school, he pastored that small church and mentored his son. When his son went off to college, was doing well, the father decided it was time for him to get back on the road, but people had kind of forgotten about him. There weren't any engagements. Other people were the hot ticket right then. He never regained his popularity or his career. The decision to go home and be a father had come at a great price. But because he made the decision to go home and focus on his family, his son started a ministry called Focus on the Family. James Dobson Sr. was a man who knew his priorities. He knew that some times are more important than others. Now, you may never have to make that drastic a call. But a father's time, is that important? Uh, Sometimes it's a crucial discipline opportunity. That's what James Dobson Sr. had here. Uh, And I'll tell you, fathers, that most teen boys get to a point where they're bigger than mom and the hormones are kind of cranking and they think... They don't have to do what mom says. Okay? First time that happens, the hammer needs to fall. Unconditionally fall. You see, sons learn how to treat a wife by watching dad. Daughters learn how to expect to be treated by a man by watching dad. And sometimes they're more important than others. Sometimes the big job decision is crunch time. Uh, Mr. Dobson had to make that call. I worked for GE for a number of years, and the CEO at the time was Jack Welch, and he's famous as one of the greatest CEOs ever. One time he offered a promotion to one of his divisional vice presidents, a guy named Bill Woodburn. It was a big promotion, big raise and all that, and Woodburn wrote him back and said he had decided not to accept it, that he had a teenage daughter, and he didn't want her to change schools. He wanted to stay there for her. And Jack Welch, one reason he was probably a great CEO, he wrote Bill this note. He said, Bill, we like you for a lot of reasons. One of them is that you are a very special person. You proved it again this morning. Good for you and your lucky family. Make your division a great business and keep your priorities straight. Jack Welch. Uh, Sometimes that's crunch time when you have to decide. Uh, Sometimes a difficult call needs to be made that affects the spiritual well-being of your family. 
that happens throughout life. Uh, that's father time. Dads are the spiritual leader of the family, the head of the household. And I know that's not politically correct, but God's design still works best. Dads are the spiritual leader, the head of the house. Head of the house is not a dictator. I always explain it that the head of the house is more like being quarterback. Uh, you get in the huddle and everybody gets input, especially the wife. But in a football huddle, the wide receiver says, let's run this play. I can do this. The running back says, let's run this play. I can do this. The quarterback makes the call. And then everybody else runs it. That, that's kind of what head of the house means. Most of the time, it's a, a team effort. Husband and wife agree. They combine their input. They talk it over together and they decide, all right, here's what's best for the family. But sometimes, they don't agree. And the way I explain it is when they don't agree, dad's got 51% vote. He's the spiritual head of the house. He needs to step up and make the call. There's a huge list of what dads are expected to teach kids. A responsibility, respect for authority, financial sense, a work ethic, on and on and on. But never forget, dads, you're the spiritual leader of the house. So accept that. Step up and make the tough call when it has to be made. Uh, but number two, remember, in those crunch times, your top priority is the spiritual leadership of the house. Third point, time is short. Ephesians 5, 15 and 16 says, Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of time. Uh, redeem the time most of us are familiar with, because that's because there isn't much of it. Now, I never believed old people when they told me that. I'm growing up, old people would tell me that. Yeah, time is short, it goes fast. I didn't buy that story. And that's why this point is kind of discouraging to me because I rarely make points that I know are hopeless, but this point's hopeless. I'm talking to young fathers and they're just not going to believe this. They may believe it. They're just not going to understand it. When I say your kids are going to be gone in the blink of an eye, young dads say, ah, yeah, right. I mean, you, you can test it right, right now. You got a five and a seven year old and the most hilarious thing in the world to them are your dad jokes, Right. Okay, well, you come back in a few years and tell me how long that lasted. Now, I'm not saying quit telling them. You know, quit telling them because they're even better when they've grown. You know, they're even better if you can embarrass their friends when they're around with them. So keep on telling them, but that hilarity is going to be gone real quick. And that's the way childhood goes. Trust me, it goes quick. 
maybe to help impress this on you, I saw a book the other day about time management. It's entitled 4,000 Weeks. Uh, some guy picked that. That's the average lifespan. Average lifespan is close to 80, and that's somewhere around 4,000 weeks. And so he wrote a book about time management, thinking about just having 4,000 weeks. Now, of course, I had to figure it out. I've got 3,827 in. Now, some of you are grabbing your calculators. That was 3,827. You can figure it out. But with you got your calculator, figure it out for yourself. Where you are, and I know some of them sound like I got a long time. Now, 3827 doesn't sound like I got much time. Some of you are thinking, he better hurry this sermon up and <laughs> get on with business. <laughs> the kids, you've only got, say, from 5 to 18. That's only about 700 weeks. 700 weekends. The time is short. Can't talk about this without mentioning the old Harry Chapin song about the cats in the cradle. Uh, Most of you know it. Uh, Starts out, my child arrived just the other day. He came to the world in the usual way, but there were planes to catch and there were bills to pay. He learned to walk while I was away. And it goes on verse after verse like that. The kid asks dad when he gets a little older, when you coming home, dad? I don't know when. We'll get together then, son. We'll have a good time then. And it goes on verse after verse. The kid gets to be 10 and wants to play ball and the dad doesn't have time. And on and on and toward the end of the song, the kid comes home from college and he doesn't have time for dad. And then he's grown and married and dad begins to ask the question, when are you coming home, son? Well, don't have time. Uh, and no father can listen to that song without thinking, man, I could have done better. I could have done things different. Uh, the good news is there's no one perfect. Uh, you don't have to be perfect to be a good father. read about a father who was a baseball player, actually made it to the semi-pros. And his kid asked him one day, so how do you get in the Hall of Fame, Dad? You know, like Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig, and those guys. How do you get in the Hall of Fame? And his dad said, well, you've got to be the best of the best. You've got to be very special to get in the Hall of Fame. When the kid was 18, his dad was... 50, the dad died of cancer. And the kid always remembered that best of the best thing. Finally, when the kid was 41, he finally got to go to the Hall of Fame, Baseball Hall of Fame. And he took along a picture of his dad, and he wrote on the back, You were never too tired to play catch. On your days off, you helped build the little league field. You always came to watch me play. You were a Hall of Fame dad. 
I wish I could share this moment with you, your son, Pat. He went into the Baseball Hall of Fame, and when nobody was looking, he slid it under one of the displays so his dad could be in the Hall of Fame. About five years later, they rearranged things at the Baseball Hall of Fame, and some employee found that old picture and sent it to a guy at Sports Illustrated, the reporter. And that interested the reporter, so he began to research, and he finally found that team uniform and what team it was. He researched and finally found a surviving member of that team, and he found out who Pat's dad was. And then he wrote a story about the unknown baseball player who made it to the Hall of Fame. And my point in that is, you don't have to be a superstar. You just got to be the best of the best to your kid. Then you make it in the Hall of Fame. You do have to understand that time's important, sometimes more important, and time's short. I haven't talked today about the Heavenly Father the blessings, the assurance, the hope that we have by being children of the Heavenly Father. If you're not a child of the Heavenly Father, we always take time to invite you to make that decision. Uh, Maybe something else you need from this family, prayers or a request of some sort. Our elders stay at the back doors while we sing this next song. If you have some need, go see one of them. Let's stand and sing.